To be successful, it takes what it takes. We don't know what that is yet. You know, we don't know from a time standpoint, we don't know from a monetary standpoint, but we just know that it's accomplishable. We can get there. Um, all it takes is, is everything you got. My name's Johnny Reinhardt, and I've lived in Southwest Michigan most of my life. It's such a wonderful community full of so many great things, but the best part is the people, families, history, and especially the stories that make it great. And with every story, you have to start somewhere. This is Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Start From The Beginning. I'm very excited uh, for you to hear this conversation that I had with a guy that I've uh, known for some years, but uh, I know he does so many great things in our community. Uh, he's one that always steps up when someone needs a leader. And even though he may not think of himself as a leader, he certainly is. He's a great mentor, a great coach, and was a pretty good athlete himself. Uh, but he's an all-around great guy, and I'm very excited to learn more about him and for you to learn more about him as well. His name is Eben Sanders, and let's start from the beginning with Eben. Eben, so nice to see you, man. How are you? I am doing really well. Doing really well. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, you're the the only person I've ever met named Eben. It's not it's not Evan Sanders. It's Eben. Let's start there. What where did where did your is your name is unique? Uh I love it. Uh is it something that your parents maybe you have a grandparent with that name? What's the origin of Eben? Okay. So this is um <laughs> growing up with the name it's it's always uh kind of a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. It is um my dad uh, was born in 1972, so I'm kind of on that back end of the hippie kind of sure. alt. Um, and so my dad, uh, Ebony, which is, uh, you know, the, the color black, uh, my dad was very, very uh, Afrocentric and, and very, very much a part of kind of uh, working in Benton Harbor, uplifting, you know, the, the people around him and his community. And so um, had I been a girl, it would have been Ebony. Mm. And uh, I guess he felt the masculine of that would be Eben. So he chopped off the Y and, and that's, that's how I got it. That's great. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. Um, so let's talk about you because that's what I love about this, this podcast is we get to start from the beginning and talk about you. So uh, like you said, your parents uh, and being in Benton Harbor, now, were you born and raised here in Southwest Michigan? I am. I'm born and raised in Southwest Michigan. I was born in Benton Harbor. Um, and moved to St. Joseph actually at an extremely young age, um, to the point where I don't recall living in Benton Harbor mm -hmm. for the first year or so. Um, but yeah, just uh, born here, um, went to St. Joseph School, St. Joe High School, graduated from there. Uh, it's kind of an odd combination because both of my parents were um, educators. My dad was a science teacher for like over 35 years. My mom was uh, started as a counselor at Benton Harbor High School and uh, wound up becoming principal at what used to be Renaissance uh, Middle School and then Fair Plain Middle School. So both parents taught and worked in Baton Harbor schools forever. And uh, it's, uh, my, my upbringing was so different. Um, I went to St. Joe schools. I went to uh, what used to be North Lincoln, now closed down. But mm -hmm. um, all of my, my school friends, you know, were St. Joe kids who, um, you know, on, on a Friday night, we'd go to a St. Joe football game or a St. Joe basketball game and do the typical things that, that you know, students do. 
Um, whereas I kind of grew up in Benton Harbor. I went to St. Joe, but all of my friends outside of school were Benton Harbor students. Um, I didn't know, honestly, that St. Joe High School existed. I went to Benton Harbor High School basketball, football. My uncle was basketball coach. Uh, my dad coached football. So it's kind of this, this dual thing. I, I grew up uh, with, with most of my relationships, most of my close family relationships were all Benton Harbor. And then, um, you know, the kids that I met at school ended up becoming lifelong friends, but it was just a, a kind of a weird existence in the beginning. Yeah. It's in, in were you ever, was that ever hard for you? Because, you know, one town away is not a big deal, but you know, with some communities, you know, if you don't go to school, in, you know, when I was growing up, it's like if you didn't go to school in the school in the town that the school was in, if you went to another school, you were treated differently. Sure. Sure. Uh, for me, I think it, it was um, and, and it has been uh, a benefit for me. Mm. You know, it, it was it was like I said, it was it was an odd upbringing. Um, there were definitely times where you may have felt like, you know, kind of the the fish out of water. Mm. Um, but I think all kids kind of go through that. Like they have that stage where do I belong? Don't I belong? Right. Um, but, uh, I think for me, it has allowed me to grow up knowing that a, there are, you know, good people in both communities, True. people who, uh, you know, treat you extremely well and extremely fairly in both communities. Um, it allowed me to, when I went off to school to, to have friends that came from, I went to Michigan state my freshman year. I had friends from, you know, the deepest part of Detroit and I had friends who were from Bloomfield Hills. Like it was just simple for me to kind of navigate that space. Um, and I think that was all due to my upbringing. Um, now, uh, you know, kind of in the, the kind of, I guess the, the job that I've, I've landed the career field that I've taken, uh, I, you know, work with a lot of kids who are from Benton Harbor. Um, I work with a lot of kids who are from St. Joe. I deal with parents from, you know, both sides mm -hmm. of the bridge. And, you know, the thing that I've, I've grown to learn is that, you know, kids are kids. For the most part, what's fun and funny to a 16-year-old from St. Joe is fun and funny to a 16-year-old from Benton Harbor. So um, it, it definitely um, helped me, I think, yeah. um, have a different perspective on, on everything around me, the people around me. Um, and, and who I want to surround myself with. I think I've, I've learned through this process of that, but at the same time, I've also come to, to know that, you know, people are people and, and there are mm -hmm. good and bad people, no matter what race, creed, color, religion. Um, it's just simply, uh, you know, treating them fairly at all times. And, and you find out if they're treating you fairly as well. Yeah. It certainly broadens your, your horizons and your perspective. Like you said, with, you know, being, you know, on a team with somebody, whether it be, uh, you know, at the school or, you know, you, you do something else, uh, you know, just playing outside with some friends. It's like, you, you've got, now you've got double friends essentially, yes. uh, than, <laughs> than, than some other kids may have that stay within their, their school and their community. Um, so you have branched out. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your parents. What was it like, growing up with parents that are also educators because i feel like that is kind of different than than other kids would deal with oh sure yeah i mean i think the the major thing was i think um educators in baton harbor but knowing that that community of educators right so the teachers in baton harbor oftentimes knew the teachers from saint joe mm -hmm. and had relationships there um, it, it made it so I couldn't get away with anything, I guess, basically is where I'm going. Uh, if, uh, if I did something in school, it was often, uh, that when my parents got home, they were full aware and there's, there's no kind of digging your way around it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you take what comes with it. Um, luckily I think I, I stayed out of uh, a lot of trouble, but, uh, 
you know, as a kid, you find your way, you're trying to find out who you are as a person. So there's definitely some, some uh, missteps in there. But um, having parents in education, it uh, early on, I guess, as most kids, it's probably like this thing where they're, you're always over my shoulder. Right. Like, yeah, I can, I can do this work. You don't have to. But at the same time, I think as an adult now, looking back, you, you truly appreciate um, a the emphasis they placed on education, um, not knowing as a young person, you know, as most kids like, yeah, I'm going to go to college, but why? Um, why is that so important? Why are you on me for this ninth grade algebra that I'll never use again? Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely had that stage. But um, you know, having parents who who could talk to me about you know why this is important and why is it important going forward um, was was really really beneficial. And you know, working with uh, First T as I do, working yeah. with young people, um, it's one of the things that our First T chapter does um, that's unique from other chapters around the country. We have scholarships that we give away to graduating seniors. We have a, a co- program that we call the Coalition where. We actually tutor um, young people. It's it's generally people, um, students from Baton Harbor. But what we're just trying to do is is kind of instill what my parents instilled in me. You know, the importance of education, the value of education, and making sure that um, those kids have the same opportunities that I had. Yeah, it certainly has its advantages and disadvantages. Especially if uh, I'm glad they they kind of could turn off the turn off the teacher. But yeah, it's one of those you can't really say. No, I don't have any homework today because they know not only can they not only do they know because they're probably in one of the school systems, uh, but they know that because they see everybody else in the school that says, you know, yeah, I don't have any homework. They can see through the lie pretty easily because they see those every day. But let's let's kind of talk about that because you talked about you know lessons learned and things that you were taught. What is a, a lesson that you have have learned that you are now? that it stuck with you so much that you are now teaching that to your kids and even the kids that you teach and coach. Sure. I think, um, geez, for me, uh, I think the biggest thing for me was I learned at an early age from my mom, um, the importance of response. Mm. Um, it's the importance of, you know, looking at the outcome that you would like and responding in that nature, which may or may not be how you emotionally want to respond, you know, in that minute. Um, it was kind of crystallized. Uh, so <laughs> to go backwards, I'm a Michigan State diehard fan. I grew up that way. My, my parents, everybody in my family are Spartans. Um, but I did read a book that uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer wrote. Mm. And in his book, he has an equation and it's just E plus R equals O. And it's event plus response equals outcome. So events happen around us all the time. They can be big, they can be small, and how you respond will determine that outcome. And my mom didn't have a, a formula for it, but she definitely knew uh, and, and taught all of us, my, my brother and sister, you know, things are going to happen, good, bad, and, and you just have to respond in the appropriate way to, to get the outcome that you'd like. And sometimes that means you know, it means that maybe you swallow your pride a little bit and uh, and you come up with the response that gets you to the outcome that you'd like to get to. And I think I've tried my best, you know, <laughs> I sure slip up, but I've tried my best to, to let that be kind of my my guide as mm-hmm. I do things. It's, it's just making sure um, to stay away from, I'm going to say stay away from the emotion. The emotions are good, but oftentimes emotions can mislead us. And so to, to make sure that when I respond, it is a response that I've thought through um, not just that initial uh, kind of thing that, that a lot of times we blab out there. It's a thought through response that that hopefully gets me to the outcome I want. 
Now, when it comes to your siblings, what, where do you lie in the, the, was it just three of you? Yeah, there's just three. And, um, although I won't recognize it, they would definitely say I have middle child syndrome. Ah. Uh, I was definitely the, the one in the middle trying to, uh, catch up to and beat my older brother and, uh, maybe hold my little sister at bay as we kind of grew up. Now you went, you said you went to Michigan state. So you, so I did. what was, what was first off, what was Eben like in high school? Were you an athlete? Were you, uh, you know, kind of doing a little bit of everything? Cause like you said, being a part of different communities, you had a lot of friends all from all different backgrounds and all different things of fields of interest. So what was your high school Eben like? I would, uh, I'd say high school, I, pretty much got along with, you know, almost everyone. I mean, I, I don't, can't recall any, uh, any enemies or anything like that in high school. Uh, I was definitely a thousand percent into sports. I played, uh, football, basketball, baseball, and track, um, wow. throughout my high school years. Uh, I actually went to Michigan state as a walk-on for basketball. And after my first year there, I transferred to Western Michigan and played two years on scholarship. Um, so yeah, high school was, uh, you know, a fun time. It was, um, a great time to figure out who I was and, and try to figure that out, you know, not knowing at that time that it was going to be lifelong. You're still figuring it out to this day. But, um, yeah, I would think, uh, typical, uh, you know, not a, a your standard kind of a little trouble, but not mm. real trouble. Um, uh, girlfriend here or there, that kind of thing. It, it was uh, very, very, you're, you're very, very much your average normal high school experience. So what what made you think, okay, I'm going to Michigan State because I'm a Michigan State fan. And like you said, you, you, you worked hard, you did a lot of things. What was the reason that you said, I'm going to walk on to basketball? Because obviously everybody wants to do that. Uh, but what in your mind said, I can do this. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody has their talent, right. Yeah. And, and I think all people, no matter what it is that you do, it's, it's about finding that thing. Um, so for me, it was always athletics, uh, from the time I was super young, I was always able to kind of make things make sense on a football field, on a basketball court in baseball. Um, and as a matter of fact, I had scholarship opportunities to play football, basketball, and baseball in college. So um, it was just where I felt most comfortable. Mm. When I went to Michigan State, obviously that's a huge school, huge right. institution, um, uh, a super challenge. But um, two things. First, I was pretty confident in how I could play and what I could bring to a team. Um, and I think that came from my high school experience. My high school coach, uh, who was uh, eventually the principal at St. Joe High School, Jeff Runzer, he was so positive at all times with me. Um, you know, as a young freshman, I was a varsity player, um, like maybe five foot five and a hundred pounds. I was so small, but he just, you know, he never let me figure that part out. He just yeah. kept telling me, you know, how I was doing so well and, um, and instilling confidence in me that, that I took to the next level. Um, and then again, this goes back to that upbringing. Uh, I graduated the same year as Anthony Miller, who was uh, Mr. Basketball in the state yeah. of Michigan from Benton Harbor. We played against and with each other since third grade. Um, he said, and and he committed to play at Michigan State. And uh, when I decided that's where I wanted to go to school, you know, he kept in time. He just kept telling me, "Hey, you need to come out. You should be here. You should yeah. be doing this. You're better than this guy or that guy." So again, instilling confidence, but also just a friend from Benton Harbor who sure. um, wanted to see me do well. 
so uh, I, I, you know, went up to school and, and um, you know, it's, it's eye-opening. Uh, coaches in college are different than high school coaches. So right. uh, whereas my high school coach kept telling me how good I was, the, the coaches at Michigan State kept telling me everything I was doing wrong. But um, you live and learn. Uh, it was fun. And um, basically what ended up happening is uh, I walked on um, and one of the assistant coaches, uh, his name's Brian Gregory, um, just basically told me, he said, you know, you can walk on this team and um, you probably will not see the court. You'll probably yeah. be a practice player and, and you know, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to ever really contribute or I can make some phone calls. And um, he believed in me and believed in my ability to play division one basketball. And uh, he called Eastern Michigan and, and Western Michigan. And, and I had my pick of those two schools and chose Western Michigan to transfer to. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, like you said, a challenging thing. And not only to to pick multiple sports because you have, you know, the talent to do so. Um, but, I mean, a Michigan State basketball program, even when you were probably when you were out of high school, still a, a, a pretty good team. They've been a good team for many, many years. So, yeah, like it is one of those things that you can walk on the team and sit on the bench, be on the practice team for three, four years or you could actually go play. So I'm glad that you were able to do that and probably a more fulfilling thing uh, to be able to do that and actually get on the court and do what you love. It was, uh, it was amazing. It was, uh, you know, I, the, the memories from playing at Western Michigan, you know, those are things that I I still hold like really, really close to my heart. Um, My freshman year, I came in uh, with four other players. Um, So we had a class of five and we were, so tight, um, just, you know, immediate friends. One of the, the kids that came in with me, my junior year of high school, we, um, St. Joe went to the state finals in basketball. And so I was starting at point guard and the kid who guarded me and I guarded him, he also came into Western that same year. So um, we had a relationship there and we played in certain all-star events and things like that together. So I thought that was, you know, I already had a relationship with him. Right. The other three guys we got along with so well. And so, just kind of this this bond of freshmen coming in and, and having to prove ourselves again to the older guys. But um, season went really well. The, the year before we got there, Western was, I think, in the neighborhood of like six wins on the season, so six and 22-ish. Um, my freshman year, we went, I think, 21 and seven. Oh, wow. um, and we made it to the NIT and ended up playing against Notre Dame down here at Notre Dame, which wow. was a lot of fun. Uh, and I was runner-up freshman of the year in the conference. So had a great freshman year um, and, uh, and, and, you know, again, learned a ton and not just the basketball piece, but just who I was and, and what I was trying to develop into um, our coach at Western Michigan. Uh, he coached with Bobby Knight at Indiana before Western. And he basically was Bobby Knight. There were oh, not wow. a lot of positive things said in practice and a lot of practices that ended with him literally kicking everybody out of the gym and throwing water bottles. And I mean, it's just crazy experience, but, um, nothing that I would ever change. Uh, it, it taught me again, a lot about who I was, um, how much I can take. And mm. by that, I just mean, you know, if you have a coach and he's the head coach is, is telling you everything that you're doing wrong at all times, along with like three or four assistant coaches. And they're really just putting pressure on you the entire time to see how you respond. Um, and I, you know, definitely learned that I'm tough enough for that and, uh, and can make it through that. And it's certainly a challenge dealing with with all types of different coaches and, and, and different at different levels, and then also growing up with with parents as educators, you certainly face a lot of challenges. Uh, but what is Evan? What is the um, biggest challenge that you've faced in life so far? 
biggest challenge. I think, um, you know, the biggest challenge for me has been, uh, I, I have a son, he's 17, uh, just recently turned 17. I have a daughter and, and she's 10. Um, and my biggest challenge was just finding out um, how I wanted to, I don't want to say how I wanted to raise them. We all want to raise our children to be successful in all of those things. But like knowing that every minute of every day they're watching and, mm -hmm. and you know, you can tell them whatever you want to tell them, they're watching you <laughs> and what you're showing them is what they will eventually grow to become. Um, and I always uh, wanted to be um, the parent to my, my kids that my parents were to me. Um, I hold my dad in the highest regard. My dad is, you know, <laughs> if, you know, that question about uh, the four people you could have lunch with or the four people right, you right. could, no matter what that question is, my dad is one of those spots. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, and um, you know, he was uh, great to me as a young person, but even more so now as, as what has turned into a friend, you know, in these days. But um, I wanted to make sure that I could be that for my kids. And I think that's the challenge. The challenge is not only to this point, but going forward, mm -hmm. how do I continue to hopefully raise them to be, you know, good people first and foremost? Um, you know, I think that to me has been my message to them from the beginning. It's, you know, we want to work hard. We want to do our best at whatever it is we're trying to do, you know, whatever those things are. But when it's all said and done, you you have to be a good person. Um, and, and that's got to be at the core of everything that you do. Uh, my son was bitten with the basketball bug that I I definitely gave it to him no <laughs> about it. Uh, and uh, he's a, he's a pretty good little player. He, he's, I always tell him he's better than I was when I was his age. Um, but uh, you know, the, the key message is not just how many shots you make or how many shots you take. It's, you know, I, I tell him to pride himself on no matter who it is. And, you know, Lakeshore and Benton mm -hmm. Harbor, the big rivals. If, if, you know, you knock a kid down, you're helping that kid up and you can compete with him as hard as you want. But just make sure at the end of the day, you understand that it's just, you know, it's a basketball game. It's not life. And in the game of life, we've got to be a good person. Um, so for me, living out that and making sure that he sees that so that he can replicate that, not just words, but he can see it. Um, and the same goes, you know, it holds true for my daughter, who is now uh, in the fifth grade, has this basketball bug that she wants to go play. Um, the challenge for me is to, to, you know, live as the person I want them to be eventually. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit. This is kind of a two-parter. What's what's the transition? What was the transition like from going from son to now father? And then also, as you've transitioned to, with, this, with saying on the sports theme, you've gone from player to then coach. What have those transitions been like? Like you said, you've learned a lot of lessons on both ends of those spectrums. What have those been like? Sure. Uh, this is a great question. I think son to father, um, it is uh, eye-opening how, uh, you know, the older I got, the more he knew. Um, it's it's eye-opening how, yeah, I, I thought I knew X at 18, and right. I realized that I knew X minus a million. It was, it, it, it's, um, but to, the thing that I try my best to do going from son to father is remember Kind of what my what my thinking was at that time, where my head was at that time, and and hopefully I try my best to be understanding of his perspective because mm -hmm. his perspective was my pers perspective. Right. Um, and now that I'm older, yeah, it may seem silly. Um, I, the number of times I have to tell my son, 
to go get a coat. It's 28 degrees out here. <laughs> it's amazing. But I also remember those things being said by my dad. You know, right. <laughs> my dad was a big proponent of if you have it, you can wear it. But if exactly. you don't bring it. So, you know, I, I know these, you know, what seems now to me like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe. But these are the same things my dad went through and I'm sure his dad went through. And um, I'm trying my best to just be, you know, as, as level headed, as open minded. And again, it, the E plus R equals O with my son. Like, I don't want to respond with uh, yelling or, you know, harshly. Mm -hmm. I want to respond with something that's going to push him to the direction and the outcome that, you know, I feel like is best for him. And, um, you know, that my mom and dad. We're, we're great at that. Um, and then when it comes from, you know, player to coach, uh, it's been, it's learning. It's always this thing where I just continuously learn. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by now still basketball. Um, with first tee, I coach golf. Uh, my first coaching job was with Benton Harbor. Uh, I, I, my wife and I lived in Detroit until uh, 2001. Um, we moved back in the area, and then not too not too long after that, um, again, this Benton Harbor-St. Joe connection, uh, Ramsey Nichols, who is a great basketball player at Benton Harbor, um, he's the coach at Kalamazoo Central now, but mm -hmm. when I moved back, he was coaching Benton Harbor. And he asked me if I'd be willing to come in on a practice and just kind of sit and give him my thoughts. And um, I did that one day and came back the next day, and the next thing I know, I'm on his staff, and I'm sitting on a bench during games. And... Um, it was, uh, it, it's so much fun to try to impart what I've learned and, and also, you know, in playing the game, but also understanding like they're not, if I'm trying to tell them to do what I did when I was in my third year of college basketball, they're not going to do that. Right. But how do I meet them where they are and get them to grow knowing that maybe they could get there? Um, so uh, my, my coaching record is, is uh, pretty, it, it's an impressive record, but it's more so because I came in right when Wilson Chandler, who played for the Nets, and then mm -hmm. Rodney Alexander, who was a Benton Harbor grad who played overseas professionally and all that, they were coming up. So I kind of caught them as they were growing and um, I was able to coach them through high school. And those are still relationships, whether it be Joyke Bell, um, Larry Edwards, Jay McCree. I mean, there's this group of guys that I coached that still to this day, um, okay, so a side note, today, March 30th is my birthday. And so, if if I look like I'm looking off to the side, I keep getting birthday messages. And today's your birthday. That, today's is. your birthday. Oh my gosh! Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and so I, I keep getting messages, and one of the messages was Will Chandler, and he's telling me happy birthday. So oh. the relationships that I keep to this day, and what they've done is, um, I, I did, having a coach like a Bob Knight coach in high school, one that was a screamer. And, yeller and and always telling me what i did wrong it, sure. one of the things that it taught me was i didn't want to be that guy so my coaching style is always extremely laid back um i always feel like if i feel if kids see me panicked they panic mm -hmm. so it's always going to be you know very laid back conversational i want to make sure that i hear what they're telling me they see before i tell them what i see and um so i started that at benton harbor then and it's carried me through you know golfing coaching and golf um if a kid hits a terrible shot, the last thing they need is for me to tell them it was terrible. I think they know that. So <laughs> how do we fix it? Um, and, and I'm very much a part, that's how I coach. And uh, the last, I think, six years, I've coached at St. Joe as well, basketball. And uh, I've coached with Greg Schaefer, who's a fantastic basketball coach and, and a better person. And um, he's a fiery person. He's, he's never negative, but he's very, very emotional and he's very fiery. And I think that we do really well together because – I am so much the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, he comes over and he gives the kid the message and, and sometimes it's animated and then the kid sits next to me and then it's like, okay, so this is what he said and here's what he meant. And, and I'm right. able to really relay that pretty well. And uh, it's been, coaching has been like one of the best things that I think I could do. It's, it's brought my love of athletics, you know, sports have always been a huge part of the world for me. Um, but I'm also able to relay, you know, life messages and, and these things that are so much more important than, you know, just winning a basketball game, being able to relay that stuff to kids um, in a way that that is tolerable, <laughs> that they can take it in and uh, and then hopefully live it. And so all of the kids that I've coached, you know, I think I've ha I have really, really strong relationships with, whether mm -hmm. that be some of the, the St. Joseph grads or the Benton Harbor grads. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I treasure you know, more than, than I can even express. Um, those kids coming back and asking me whether it's, you know, this thing about marriage or whether it's this thing about their futures or, you know, it can be simple things. And, and uh, the fact that they trust me enough to ask me those questions and, and talk to me about those things is huge for me. Yeah, you're not only a coach, you're a mentor, and you're a lifelong friend if you do it right uh, as yeah. a coach. Yeah, the, those those yelly coaches, sometimes you don't – you remember them, but after the time is over with them, it's, it's the conversations don't really continue uh, as much <laughs> as they do with those coaches that really – really understand you and listen to you and talk to you and, and interpret messages uh, to you when it comes to coaching. Let's talk a little bit about First Tee, because um, just like how you kind of fell into coaching basketball uh, with that, with at Benton Harbor, with that coach, uh, you also kind of fell into being the director of First Tee. Is that right? That's true. Yeah, it uh, it's one of those um those things that, you know, you, you, I, I now look back and shake my head at how fortunate I was at, at how it came up, came about. But, um, yeah, we, I was part of a group. Um, I'm a, a proud member of the Benton Harbor alumni chapter of Cap Alpha Psi fraternity. So, um, just a, a group of men who, um, try to do work with young men in the community, mentoring and things of that nature. And, um, we were looking at an idea to introduce some of the young kids from Baton Harbor to the game of golf, just mm -hmm. to teach them, you know, the, the importance of being honest with yourself, right? It's uh, it's a lot easier to hit that shot when you've kicked the ball from behind the tree than it is to hit it from right. behind the tree. So um, why it's important not to do those things. And we were just like really going to work on um, utilizing that and teaching and, and helping young men. And, uh, we went to Whirlpool for to get a grant to build a, a practice green and Whirlpool Corporation had a, a bigger idea for us and and for the community. And so um, that was in 2004. And uh, in 2004, I was on the board of directors for First Tee and we were looking for an executive director. And um, in December of 04, I said I'd do it on an interim basis just until we found the right guy. And you now it's 2022 and uh, and I'm still there and, and loving it. And, and you know, I don't know that I could have made a better decision um, impacting the number of young people that I get to, to work with and um, and doing it through a sport, which, you know, obviously ties in love of athletics. And then mm -hmm. to be able to impact them, not just through golf, but, you know, we're teaching and talking about life skills and core values and healthy habits. So um, it's so much like growing up in my house as a young person. It's just taking those those things that were instilled in me and, and hopefully passing them on to the next generation. Yeah, it's fantastic and uh, a great surprise, I'm sure, when when you realize that oh, we were just gonna 
we're just going to build some some small green over here and oh yeah how about we build this 18 hole uh world-class <laughs> golf course instead um yeah. and and that that in in itself has been not only great for for you and and for first tee but also for for our community to be able to have something like that not everybody in in in, in small communities like this has the ability to to have that and and also with you know KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship that comes by every other year, having that and seeing those people doing it professionally, that's a totally different thing and an experience that not everybody in small towns gets to do. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing what, uh, you know, some of the opportunities that have come about, um, you know, Whirlpool has been an unbelievable partner for First Tee, for, you know, Harbor Shores, um, for the community, uh, some of the things that they're doing now and giving back. Um, you know, this golf course, uh, it's, it's been amazing. Um, Harbor Shores, we have our facility at Harbor Shores. Mm-hmm. So the first tee of Benton Harbor, our headquarters are here at Harbor Shores. We have a facility that has an indoor simulator. Um, we've got a classroom with a smart board where we do work with kids and tutoring. And we've got a common area that has, you know, video games and all of that good sure. stuff. And we put we pay one dollar a year to lease this building from Harbor Shores, and it's um, in perpetuity. So you know, just to to have that level of partnership with an organization um, with a golf course that's world renowned like Harbor Shores is, um, hosts the Senior PGA Championship every other year. It's amazing. You know, we couldn't be more fortunate. And then as a community, um, and it's not just about the golf community, right. but to have these golfers come in uh, every other year, um, it's it's. You know, it's it's kind of mind boggling. Yeah, like you say, it's such a small community. It's such a a small area here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 140 chapters of the First Tee throughout the network of First Tee chapters around the world. And every time we get into these discussions at network meetings and things like that, um, and I tell them kind of, yeah, we have this supporter, and we do right. this in our community because we get this from this group. And you know, the Benton Harbor schools love to have us do this. And yeah. you know, I'm the Benton Harbor High School golf coach because we pay for Benton Harbor High School's golf team because we're happy to do that because we're partners. Um, you know, I, it's amazing how many guys turn and look at me, and it's just like, yeah, we don't get that here. <laughs> that is not our experience, right. whether it be boys and girls club partnerships or YMCA partnerships. Like we're so fortunate to have, you know, so many um, organizations and people who are vested in, not just in their kids' future, but in all kids' future in this area. So, um, yeah, I, I, I knock on wood that I stay in this position for, you know, for years to come and, and continue to do what I do. Yeah, you certainly had a great impact on on many kids' lives and uh, over the years. And, and I know it's been a long-lasting impact on your life, too, to be able to do that. Uh, to coach. It's just, it, it's such a cool thing. Um, I, I don't want to keep you too long because I, I just found out it's your birthday. So uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like we've had such a great conversation, Eben. Uh, I've learned so much about you. Uh, one question I do like to ask everybody is what would the title of an autobiography be for you? Or if you want to make it on the coaching side, what would your instructional video be called? <laughs> Either or. Okay. So I would say my instructional video, I will go that route. And I would say um, another tidbit, a uh, piece of advice that I've picked up over the years um, is it takes what it takes. So I, I am a firm believer that, you know, we can all accomplish anything 
it just may take you more than it takes me or it might take me more than it takes you. And so, you know, my message to every kid is if you'd like to become a doctor, A, you need to find out what doctors do. You need to find out a path. And then along that path, you may run into people who, you know, it might take one kid 20 minutes a night of studying. And that's what it takes for that child. But it might take you three hours. And that's what it takes. But to be successful, it takes what it takes. We don't know what that is yet. You know, we don't know from a time standpoint. We don't know from a monetary standpoint. But we just know that it's accomplishable. We can get there. Um, all it takes is is everything you got. And so um, it's the message I use with every basketball player I've, I've ever coached. It's a message I use with every golfer I've ever coached. And all of the kids on the first tee know Um when I ask the question, what does it take? They know the answer is it takes what it takes. Wow. I put that on a t-shirt. You'd sell a lot of those. <laughs> wow. That this is, this has been such a, a very fulfilling conversation. I've, I've loved to uh, had a, having a chance to talk to you. And um, I just want to say, I'm sure this is probably the hundredth time you've heard it. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This one is a big one. It's it's a, a big round number. This is 50 for me. Ooh, so. 50. Oh, it is. this is number 50. How does yeah. that feel? Uh, you know what? I, uh, leading into it, maybe thought two or three years ago, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 50, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's a good milestone. It's fun and all of that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, the work's not done. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm not finished working on myself, but I'm also not finished with the work of, of my professional life. Uh, you know, my private life, right. um, my wife is somehow still with me. She's, she's uh, so much better than I am. I just, uh, I'm glad she's, she's able to let me hang on. And, uh, we've been together 21 years. So this is, uh, this has been a lot of fun for me, 50 years and hopefully a few more here coming. Awesome. Well, again, happy birthday. And thank you so much again for taking some time to, to talk with me. You said at first, you don't know if you would have enough, uh, important, great things to say, but honestly, uh, it has been, a fantastic conversation and I've enjoyed every moment of it. Um, but Evan, thank you so much for being a part of it. No, thank you. I truly appreciate uh, the opportunity and, and uh, you are uh, easy conversationalist. I didn't know that I'd be able to, to get there, but uh, yeah, you definitely uh, have a way with words. So I truly appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Special thanks to our guests for telling their stories. And if you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear more. Please reach out to me by emailing letstalk at wsjm.com. That's letstalk at wsjm.com. You can listen to this podcast and all the episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is a Midwest Family Production. I'm Johnny Reinhardt. Join me next time for another great story on Start from the Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan.